Hey, Haley, nice to see you. How are you? Hi, Harry. Uh, I'm pretty good. It's good to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you are over on the West Coast these days, right? Uh, yes. Uh, where, where are you based? California? Yes. Tell me more about that. Where in California? Um, well, I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm in kind of like the, um, kind of like the more dirt areas, not like the really pretty scenery, but um, I try to- Not Beverly Hills? Yeah, not Beverly Hills or Hollywood, not something like that. It's, <laughs> it's not all bright and sunny over here, but um, I'm glad that I was raised over here because it brought a lot of my creativity and inspiration all my motivation, so- Cool. So you lived in the LA area most of your life? Uh, yes, I have. I lived in Jerome, actually. So I've never been to LA myself, but uh, there's a conference that I want to go to that's in September that's in LA. And so I just bought a ticket to for LA this weekend for September. So I'm excited to go for the first time. If you go to like the more prettier places, you'll have a better experience because some places around here are kind of like boring, so. Oh, I bet it's not boring. It's just not, it's not like Hollywood, probably. It's probably just different. It has a very different character to it. Yeah, it's not like Hollywood or New York or, or well, Italy or anything like that. No, sure. See. Well, it'll be like a business conference. So I imagine we'll be in like some downtown area that's kind of commercial and it probably won't even be that. I don't know. It could be cool. I don't know much about the city. It's it's a really big city, right? Uh, yes. There's a lot of like people coming and going. And there's always a lot of cars. There's, it's always a lot of action. So, do you try to plan around the cars and the traffic? I know I've heard people in LA will do that. Uh, I have not done that yet. You know what? That's a good idea. If you should do that later on. <laughs> are you in? Now remember, are you in school right now? Are you in? Out of school, what are you doing day to day besides your um, art? So besides my art, right now I am only, I am in summer break, so I have like time to work on more of my art. So you um, work on more of like my data collectors and things like that. Oh. So, um, I do go back to school, but then I spent any for a little bit amount of time. But is I'm, that university? College? Um, high school. You're in high school right now. Yes. Nice. Nice. Um, so you're going into your senior year? Yes, yeah, senior year. That's exciting. <laughs> Not really. I'm, I guess it's the same for me. You know, if you get the same experience, it's always going to, it's just school. But the, the real thing that I like more is just only working on my art and having that creativity, actually being in the academy. That's right. It gives me a lot of um, passion, a lot of fire. So, nice. Really That's awesome. I remember high school, junior year was, I felt like the hardest year. And then senior year you had, the first semester was kind of hard, but like it, it was a really fun year. So what do you think? Do you feel like it's going to be fun? I mean, for this one, I feel like it's going to be really easy because I only have a little bit of classes um, uh -huh. for next year. Um, but I feel like from my experience only. 10th grade was the hardest, so it was because I had a lot of work to do and there's a lot of stress, but now that everything's kind of died down, I, I'm pretty good at hearing. 
being able to just catch up here. Did you get to take uh, our classes? Um, to be honest with you, I have neurons. I'm actually kind of like a self-taught. So the things that I do or like if I were to do either like little things or details like of grass or something like that, I just go on YouTube and I look at it. Or I usually do like a little sketch on my canvas before I even paint on it. Like, or, mm -hmm. But ever since I was younger, I always had like this, uh, this creativity, but I just didn't know how to use it. Um, I, I knew that I had only oh, this creativity, but I didn't know to what I wanted to do with it. And I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. Only. Can you remember back when you were younger, what was one of the first moments or projects you did where you use your creativity? Is there something that sticks out in your mind? Um, something that sticks out in my mind was, um, when I did like this project, um, for elementary school and it was really big and, um, my sister helped me with it and you know, everybody loved it. So that was what was the project? Um, it was like about really, like talking about the state. So one of the states that I picked was Hawaii. And I don't know, all you got to do is just get some information on there and like create like a project is like what you think it you know, look like. You know? So that's one of so the things. You, you mean you made like a, like a, like a model of Hawaii, the island or a project board or what, what sort of, so what was, was the output? It's a big box, but it was kind of just like a, of a beach and or like half of the beach and then half of uh, something else. I kind of don't remember fully, but. Oh, I feel like that was like the biggest thing that I really uh, liked during that time. When I was so that kind of sparked it off for you? Um, surprisingly, no. Um, what actually sparked was when, oh, it was recently when I was 15, 2021, during uh -huh. the pandemic, um, I was just really bored out of my mind one day and, um, my spiritual teacher, or like she left and she would always do a lot of art. So she would leave like blank canvases around the house. And I picked up this one old dirty canvas and I just painted it. I got my sister's old cheap brushes and like her paints. And um, I, I painted all this floral paint because the, she would always do things like that. And that really inspired me. And I feel like the thing that really made me to keep going was just not comparing myself to others. Like I didn't have anybody to compare myself to. So uh, it was just an ongoing experience. And probably that just kept like flowing and flowing and flowing. And I'm really good with her. I see. I bet. I don't think that I don't wonder if anyone's done a study, but I bet a ton of people picked up new hobbies or pursuits during the pandemic, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah, I feel like because everybody gets bored, they don't do, they can't go out, they can't do anything really. So they just need to be able to burst like into something new, you know? Yeah. Well, tell me more about this spiritual teacher. What What do you mean by that? So... Um, spiritual teacher was kind of like a mentor. So she, um, she would always, always help you with a lot of things and he, well, taught me about enlightenment and things like that, which is, uh, 
reason why I got into creating like spiritual art, um, I would be able to be like in meditation or um, like listen to some music and have that creativity just flow through me and I would be able to like paint that or like be able to draw it in, uh, in some other way, you know? So that kind of thing. It was kind of like the open door into uh, any opportunities for me, and I'm really grateful for that. So he's an artist too, this teacher? Uh, yes, he is an artist. Uh, he usually does that kind of art as like hobby, as a hobby. Like he does like little paintings or he does um, like sketches like, for people. Uh, um, like, uh, you know, like a picture or something like that. And I think she's been doing it for a really long time. Like he's been making like little commissions like here and there in the past. And he's told me about it. So um, it, it's really, like, really inspiring to be able to really, um, learn from somebody as good as him. Do you feel like your practice and way you meditate to make art, has it changed at all from what he taught you, evolved at all? Or do you feel like you're... Yeah, just kind of refining or, or working to do it better and better what he's taught you. I feel like it has uh, changed because, oh, obviously, if somebody's like ambitious and has a lot of passion, they they like to seek that change like, to you on, oh, gain more knowledge every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I'm not like the best artist in history, um, I do like to try my best and I feel like I am getting better every day and with my meditation it really does kick in a lot um, I I'm just able to have like all this creativity I still have a lot of like images in my mind that I uh, uh, need to create so mm-hmm. it's, it's just like a good feeling of like one, you're not bored all the time, and two, like you have an endless mind or like an endless uh, energy creating so much of thinking, even though it hasn't been created yet. And even though that people have it, have this in it, it. So, when you have those images that come to you in your mind, do you have a, a way to write them down or keep track of them, or do you just kind of keep them in your head? Um, I prefer to keep them in my head because sometimes I do try to write them down and then or like draw them out and then it kind of disappears because it's not exactly the same thing as um, as I wanted it to be like just like a little sketch. So I try to just keep it in my head and know exactly how it is so that I can like later on in life be able to paint it. Do you feel like you've forgotten some of the images? They, they've left you? A little bit, yeah. Um, that's some of the things that I regret, but when when I'm able to go back to music, oh, I get those images back, and I'm like, yes, see? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm here again. Like, I'm able to, like, remember, like, what I, what I want to create. Yeah. So music helps trigger your memories? Yes, so... Uh, music and meditation and it's it's really funny because i've always uh, been really interested in music i've always been interested in art uh i grew up with sorry with my mom teaching me about all of the old 
music and how like it creates so much passion and really great for that because it just shaped me to who I am today. What sort of music? Is she a music teacher? So she's not a music teacher, no. Um, but she she just loves music just like I do. Um What kind of music does she like? Like oldies, like Beatles, Queen or um Billy Idol, like things like that. She mm-hmm. taught me a lot of like old uh, music and she says that when you're younger, like we early we were in her womb that she would play us like classical music that she would like bring uh, one uh, speaker like <laughs> on her stomach. It was really funny, but uh, she says like that's why we also like classical music. That's a thing. Yeah. they People talk about, you know, playing Mozart to your kids sure. while they're in the womb. <laughs> yeah. So you got some of that. Yeah, I did get some of that a lot of the times, like when I'm trying to concentrate on something, I just listen like, to like piano music or uh, classical music and that really gets me to like a high vibration. So I'm really grateful for that. So you said uh, Beatles, Billy Idol, Queen. Of those three, like which do you like the most and why? Uh, I like the Beatles because um, I feel like they just have a lot of endless songs and they're really catchy. Uh, one of the songs is like an octopus's garden, which is a uh-huh. weird, it's a weird mix, but it sounds funny and like, it's a cool song. Yeah. That's one of, uh, one of the ones I think Ringo wrote, if you know the different, do you know their names, different Beatles? Uh, I know John Lennon or Ringo and Ringo. Like, Paul and George. Yeah. Paul and George. So, so Ringo a- was the drummer and he didn't write as many songs at least that got on the albums but he uh he had a few and that was one of his and i think he's he he either wrote it and sang it or just sang it but i think he's the one singing as well so it kind of has a a different sound than a lot of the other ones that they have but that's a great one it's if you like hawaii it kind of gives off a bit of a hawaii vibe don't you think yeah i was thinking (laughs) about it like i don't know when did you get that but it's it's really funny like it's a really creative song is that your favorite beatles song no, actually, um, I have like Beatles songs that I really like. The my favorite one is like "Here Comes the Sun" because obviously, early, like whenever we are in the darkness, there's always like the sun that comes into the light. Like, like you're always uh, going like to come into the light here. Yeah, at this end of thing. I love that one too. That one's so good. They. I, I, uh, my parents played the Beatles a lot for me when I was growing up. So I like them a lot still today as well. And, uh, it's amazing just how prolific they were about just hitting, you know, great song after great song. And they all, a lot of them have very different style to them. They're not all, you know, repetitive. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know that they're, they're working on a new Beatles song to come out? They had some snippets of songs that were never finished. And they're going to use like an AI version of John Lennon's voice with this Beatles song. Have you heard of that? Well, no, I did not. And I've never heard of it. I don't know much about it beyond that. I just know that um, Peter Jackson, who did The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, all those movies, he made a documentary about the Beatles recently. Did you see that? I haven't seen it either, but like, I think 
out of that documentary, it did so well. And they like discovered all these older masters and recordings and just scraps. And I think he got together with Paul and, um, maybe Ringo. And I think they're figuring out a way to like release a new song within this new kind of AI world that we live in, which is, it's going to be interesting. I think it'll think some people will like it and some won't, and it'll cause controversy, which will get them a lot of attention, which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds really interesting. It's, it's so crazy. Like how, like with all the technology, like you can create a lot of things there. But, yeah. And I've learned that too, like in the academy or throwing with the chat GPT or like the, the Prince of AI or how people, like if they don't have like artwork on hand with them, they can be able to create something uh, for like their data collectors. Sure. And in their art. It's like, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. We, yeah. That's, there's. I wish I could say that like those tools have been around for two years, three years, five years, 10 years, like, but they're really, they're not only new to you, they're like new to me as well. Um, for those who don't know, we're talking about like, uh, chat GPT, which is the thing you can basically write to and get text back. And it's helpful for coming up with content ideas or helping you think through stuff or get different angles on what you're doing. And then the generative AI art models that let you like brainstorm images and things like that. So, um, it's not a core part of what we teach, but it's, uh, it's worth discussing it and like make sure everyone's aware of because it's moving so quickly. Um, did you ever, have you played with Dolly or did you play with mid journey at all? Have you, which ones have you played with? Um, I think we played with and you learn because no worries. Like I was looking at the, the recording or in like the academy like this how do you use it like what what can you do and things like that i've seen right. a couple of like the pictures of, like whoa that's like really crazy how like you can just like create that or like you can type something in and it creates it for you you know yeah a hundred percent um but i think what it's going to do is it's just going to highlight more and more how um important like the human story of the artist is behind the work uh, because uh, if people know that you just generated some art with AI, it's just not going to have as much value or interest. But if it's a, a human piece, it will still have perceived value. And I think interest that people like the artist behind it and the why behind the work. Um, and this is more like if you're trying to sell original or commissioned art, you know, higher end art, if you're trying to sell you know, commercial graphic art, like logo designs and stuff like that. It, it might affect that market more, but it could still, I don't know. It's, 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 it's I talk about this in training, but it's, it's very hard to predict how technology will work. A lot of times we think it's going to come and take people's jobs, but in, what it does is it just makes things cheaper. So it gets more people interested and then it actually creates more work and more opportunity for artists because it, it's almost like advertising for art you know more people now are aware of art they're thinking about art they might buy more art as a result of that and all the, the focus that's being paid to those tools um does that make sense yeah that does make sense um, i remember seeing that video and um, i know a lot of um, artists can feel like worried about like are they going to take like my uh, my business away i'm not going to be able to make a lot of 
uh, money with my art and things like that. Um, I feel like for me, it's kind of like a game uh, as well. Like it's it's an idea of, uh, like you said before, how people can get more interested in art. But also kind yeah. of like a game where you can just type in something and you're cre- like create something here. So it- I think I think a good way to look at it is like it's like a rapid prototyping tool. So you can just, yeah, it's like a game. You can play with it. You can experiment. You get different prototypes. And then if something really resonates with you or strikes you, you use it as a launch pad to make some original art that's inspired by it, you know, that's that you do in the real world. Um, but that being said, there are some people that I think already are looking at it as its own medium, its own like totally new medium. And there are people that are getting really proficient at prompting and creating like incredible output that's really unique and has a unique style. Um, but it's it's so cutting edge that, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in terms of whether those pr- prompting artists are able to capture how, how they can monetize that skill and how they can capture value in that environment. Um, if anyone out there is really good at prompting and has some opinions on this, definitely reach out, let us know. I'd love to, to, to connect with you. Um, but actually, back on the Beatles real quick, um, there's one other thing that I, I learned interesting, learned recently that I thought was interesting is, um, you know, they, they had some songs like Imagine, you know, John Lennon's song Imagine, where it said, Imagine no possessions, imagine this, imagine that. But they were very commercially savvy. <laughs> and uh, I think John Lennon had four or five different properties at a time, you know, different mansions or homes that he had. And uh, literally they would talk to each other about how they could write purchases. You know how you write a song? John, you know, I can't remember the exact story, but it was something like John would go to Paul and say, I want to write us a swimming pool. And then they would just write a song and then they would, you know, be able to go and buy a swimming pool. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Um, just like how a lot of things, like you said, with music, and it can be like advertiser. Um, it's it's really weird how like the mind works. Like sometimes we don't uh, see it consciously, or like we hear something and uh, unconsciously, like we go and we do it, or we go and we buy it because of either a song or a different frequency. Wait, say more about that. What do you mean by that? By the different song or like the circumcision? Both. I just didn't quite follow. Can you say it again? So it, it's, I'm saying like, it's really funny how uh, people, when they go throughout their day, they either hear a song and like they want something like, oh, maybe they hear a song. But it like, triggers like, something. I see what you mean. Yeah, like it triggers like, oh, I'm hungry for ice cream or yeah. I want to go to the beach or whatever. That's so interesting. Yeah, that is true. And that's like kind of what you were saying with your memories. Maybe if you were meditating and you had a certain song playing when you were meditating, the the mind will basically associate that song with those neurons wiring around that memory. And so you recall it. I was thinking about my little story differently. It was more what I was thinking about is, and you you might not be there yet in your career, but like as you have more success and you start to sell stuff, like let's say you could do a point hypothetically where you're selling paintings for $5,000, right? And 
you want to get a new laptop, a new top of the line Apple laptop, something like that. You might say to yourself, oh, I need to go paint myself a laptop. Because you know, if you paint, you will basically like be able to turn that painting into the laptop. You're not there yet, but like as you have, as you progress as an entrepreneur, your mind starts to think in that way where you like translate one sale or X number of sales into like certain things that you want. And it's like, you can kind of see this through line between your creativity and your output with those sort of economic goals that you care about. Um, so that's what I thought was interesting about how John Lennon would talk about, oh, like I want to write myself a swimming pool. And I don't think a lot of people think in that way, you know, because they may, especially if you're working a job where you're trading hours for, you know, time for money versus creating a product where you're selling the product for money. You don't think in that terms of leverage like that, but, um, yeah. Does that make sense? I, I understand it. Yes, it does. It says. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So, um, you've been mentioned you've had some beta collectors. How's that been going? So actually it's been going really well with the beta collectors. Um, I reached out to somebody and I have my first commission. So I'm working on that right now. Um, what'd you charge for that? Uh, so I did a hundred. So like just working, like just like how Love it. in the academy, like you, you do a hundred and then you work up with like 200, like 300, 400, 500, and then you keep going with that. Did it feel good when they said yes? It did feel good when they said yes. I was really happy, but I was like trying to contain that. I was like, just like, hey, calm down. <laughs> and it was, it was so um, nice just to be able to help them to return what they wanted because I know art speaks a language that nobody can really understand sometimes and you can't really say with words like sometimes you can like see a painting and you think like that about that it's like really sad or it talks it's like talking about life but without words you know so I was really glad just to be able to uh, give something hits that gift to her that I know a lot of other people wouldn't know or wouldn't understand the, the art of creativity, you know? So, um, tell me a bit more about it. Like what, what did you propose doing for her? What was, what were changes she wanted to have in a commission that you were able to, to help her with? So the commission that she actually wanted to have early was another part of the painting that I gave for for free. So the painting um, that I gave her for free was uh, kind of like showing about like your dreams. And it was like um, showing up like the night sky and it was like really colorful. And she said that it reminded her like of her dreams and like she would keep going like with her passion. And I said, if there's like something that you would like to have that kind of balances out this pain where it can be another pain that you know, goes with it like tells the other part of the story and she she said that she would really like that for her so uh, what is it what do you mean by the other part of the story so like the other part of the story is like say 
like showing that she's made it to her goal. She's made it to the dream that she's been searching for in the pain. What's her dream? Uh, she has, I think, I believe she has many dreams. One of the dreams that she says that she wanted to do was just to have sort of a bunch of instruments in one big room and mm-hmm. just like have paint on them, like on the drums and just splash them and like um, being able to like have fun and take pictures. She said that that was like one of her dreams to be able to like have enough money to rent out like a bureau maybe be able to do like the same experience like that it's true she, she did that funny um, has she done that i don't think she's have done that but she said that she really wants to do that um, later on in life can i share a thought with you mm-hmm. that could be really if you're up for it you could do some research and see are there companies that offer that as an experience or would you have to like stitch it together and and do it yourself but like uh you know if she's happy with the commission i'm not saying necessarily do this for free but you could you could basically like facilitate that for her for a fee and like have you basically help orchestrate that have you thought about that that's a really good idea i have not thought about that actually right and you could maybe even like incorporate making some art from that you know, mm-hmm. if you have, and maybe I would think that like, if you have real drums, they're going to be expensive. They're probably hard to get paint off of, but you might be able to take, you know, old steel trash cans or something like that and like stretch a skin over them or I don't know. There, there's probably a way that you can like approximate that and then really turn it into almost like an interactive art experience for her and maybe get some mementos from it but that's where where my head would be going because that could be like a really fun project and uh another good win for you that is a really good idea actually thank you harry for that i'm gonna have to like um put that down in my notes later on where is your mind going when you hear that like what are you thinking about are you building on top of it or you thinking like how you you go about talking to her about it what what are your thoughts um, my thoughts are actually a lot of things like how would how would I go about like doing that and how would I go about like telling her that. So you know, a lot of um, people like have their own like perspectives or own beliefs too. So um, right, yeah. When hearing that, um, at first it's just kind of like how do you find like research? How do you find like a place? Uh, further like that you know well it sounds like you maybe still need to kind of get a bit clearer on exactly what she has in mind so the next time you talk to her if it's appropriate if there's space if she's not distracted if she's not too busy but like whenever you have her attention try to ask her more questions about all that and really draw it out and then say something like what's her first name uh vivian so like so vivian hypothetically if I could help you realize this dream, if I could do some legwork, put this together, facilitate that, would that be something you'd be interested in in uh, exploring together or possibly doing together? And then she's going to say yes. And then she might ask like, what's involved or like, what would it take? And then you could just say, well, cool. Like I, I, I've done some high level research or like, I need to do some research on this and I'll get, come back to you with a proposal. 
and then you can just do research, but you're not, you're not committing yourself to do it. If for some reason it becomes like too complicated or too intense, but if you look into it, it's like you want to, before you go spend, you know, 10 hours looking into it, you want to kind of like get a little bit more commitment for her that she's actually excited about it and she's interested and then you can do some research and then maybe get her to agree to pay and then, you know, go book the reserve, the space or do whatever you need to do to make it happen. And, um, yeah, so let's talk about that more, but I think that could be a fun, like, uh, thing. And I think she might like it. <laughs> it does sound like a really good idea. I'm very interested in that. So nice, nice. Yeah. There's, have you ever done any sort of like interactive art or, um, art that like with your clients in the process? Um, what do you mean by that? Well, like I, I've known some artists who there's this one other artist, I think he's in LA and he worked with me about a year ago and he does these, like, he calls them energy portraits. Okay. And I think the person might be there with him and sit for the portrait, but he's not actually doing like a, like a hyper-realistic portrait of them or even like anything that is very representational at all. It's more like he's trying to capture their aura or their energy as he sees it in this sort of like mm -hmm. abstract rendering. And, but he's kind of doing it on the spot with them. And supposedly people really love that experience. So um, I'm not saying you need to do that or, or change, but there's just, there's something where people feel like if, if they're, even if the, the way that they're participating is just sitting there, <laughs> if they're, if they're participating, it makes them feel like it's, more personal to them and um uh the value is is seemed to be higher it feels like a more like a higher end or like professional experience so food for thought yeah, it does sound uh, like a really good like thing like the creativity that uh, he has you yeah. know like i was just thinking about it right now because he said food for thought so it does seem really interesting uh, how like a lot of people can be able to do stuff like that. Yeah, just digest it and you don't need to make a decision now. But I couldn't help but notice, I think you had a friend pop into the corner of the screen. Do you, is that a cat of yours? Yes. Who is that? Yeah, that is my cat. She's trying to get out of the neighborhood. So sorry. What's her name? Uh, Bella. Are you a big animal uh, person? Uh, I'm, I like to say I am. We have two cats. I mean, I have like a little turtle. So. How, how, how do you decide to get a turtle? I've, I've always had it. I've always had uh, the turtle ever since I was younger. I, I always just liked animals. So I'm just like, let's get a turtle. So you, you got the turtle yourself or your parents got it and then it just happened to be there when you were growing up? Um, I actually got it. And um, at like a fair or at a pet store or how, how did you, how like does one go get a turtle? Um, I just wanted him. I was like, I'm so, I'm so excited because I already had another one and I wanted them to like be friends. So uh, I just, I still have one though. I, the other one I set free. So Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I don't, I, I think turtles are not as common of a pet, but they are probably, they're pretty easy to take care of. I would think not too bad. 
They're not too bad, but sometimes, uh, like, after a few days, it, it does get, like, a little messy. So you have to, like, clean your tank just every two weeks. I saw this incredible video the other day of this turtle that had flipped itself upside down. And all these other turtles near it noticed, and they all came over and basically helped turn it, it's, it over right side up. And yeah, I don't know if it's like they're evolved to do that or what, or they just kind of, but it was this very kind of cool collaborative effort. They all just instinctually moved over to help it, which is cute. <laughs> that is really cute. I think uh, all animals do have a good amount of knowledge. Although they are animals, they know like some of the difference between like right and wrong, obviously. With the cat, you know that they're on the table and you tell them not to get on the table or jump off. <laughs> like things like that, like for example. Do you think cats are smarter than dogs or vice versa? Uh, I believe that in some ways cats can be smarter than dogs and then in some ways dogs can be smarter than cats. But it's it's all about how you train them. Like if you train them to be uh, well and to like either go outside and do like certain tricks and activities that yes it can be as much like more intelligent mm. yeah i feel like their intelligence is almost different like i feel like dogs are easier to anthropomorphize to sort of humanize and treat as a person mm -hmm. and then cats Cats almost can feign a lot of ignorance, but then they'll do something and you're like, and it makes you feel like they did it on purpose, you know, something yeah. you didn't want them to do. I and it just feels like they had to be smart enough to decide to do that. <laughs> yeah, they, they do know what they're doing most of the time, 95% of the traffic. So I, I, I experienced that. So, okay. So we were talking about this one commission and we got really into the weeds on that, which was fun, but you have some other beta collectors you're working with as well. I guess. So, um, on the sixth of the next month, I do have a studio tour with another beta collector. Yeah. And at first I was like a little bit worried because, um, she did say that she didn't really want to talk about the testimonial. She, she was kind of shy about it. I did give her reassurance. Twitter that was just going to be like four to two minutes. Uh -huh. The good thing about it is, it's just probably uh, the community of uh, the Unstarving Artist Program because they've actually really helped me to like loop back on that and like to say, like, in a nice way um, to infer that this is like for, like, for me just to be able to know um, like your experience. Uh huh. This is um, this is just for us to both go forward. Like I give you like the penny, and then uh, in exchange for a testimony. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good shift, of, uh, kind of shifting her frame. Another way you can do it is to say, "Hey, like this is a little video I want to share with other people, like you, or like a handful of people like you, to help them get inspired." by what's possible, um, with, uh, with art. And then when you recognize it, it's like, oh yeah, like at the end of the day, it's just going to be like just other people like me that are going to watch this. It kind of can, I think, calm a lot of people's nerves or like make them put it in perspective 
that, I don't know, it's not going to be like <laughs> this yeah. viral video right away or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be like hard questions, you know, like you have to right. ask. It's going to be like a full 10-minute video. Or and like, as soon as you have your first video, you can just show them that. They're like, oh, that's all it is? You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. They just see one. And they're like, oh, I can do that. That's no problem. And then mm-hmm. it becomes like so much smoother after that to get this sort of um, asset. So you can look forward to that. Um, you feel, I feel like you, I mean, before you even came to the Academy, you've had like a very positive, upbeat attitude. Where do you feel like that comes from? Um, that actually comes from my childhood. So um, I was in this kind of raised or in a kind of a negative state, but I know that uh, my parents did try to make the best uh, for me, you know, Uh, not everybody's perfect. But when it came to my uh, my spiritual teacher, my mentor, he did teach me a lot of things like of how to be positive, how to transform the negative and turn it into a positive, which is like alchemy here. And I still have that to this day where I'm like shifting my focus. If I'm uh, worried about something, I always tell myself like, we're going to figure this out. Like whether it's in the academy, whether it's in just life in general, we're going to figure this out. And I feel like through that, it's just been like a good manifestation to how I've just been able to come to the academy. And I'm entirely grateful for that. And like just being able to still have that, it's just a good gift. Cause I know a lot of people, they can backslide or like on their business or something. If they could be saying like, I'm not doing a lot of sales, like I'm supposed to be, like I'm gonna go on business, something like that. Instead of like thinking of the positive, like, okay, what I need to improve is this, this, and this, and then my sales are going to go back up, you know, or just things like if life in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to discount at all any work that you've done to get to that mindset, but it's, um, you're just, you're so fortunate, you know, uh, to have that attitude at such a young age because, um, I mean, would you agree that you've already seen how with that, I feel like you've seen with that, with that attitude, things that maybe feel like they could be a mountain, you turn them into a molehill and you've been able to make more progress, right? Than you would have otherwise. Can you speak to that a little bit about how, like, have you since then and felt that yourself firsthand, how your attitude has helped you progress? Uh, I would say I definitely have. Um in the beginning of of how I wanted to start like my art business, I would always feel like fully just kind of like high and dry. There's nothing that I can really do to um, make that happen. And I would be like searching, like before the art academy would be searching for a lot of programs and things like that. And it was until I saw an ad of the unstarving artist. And at first I was like, really? And I just kept going on. And, and the second time I felt that my intuition was calling me to that. And when, when I got on a call with a fairy after he left, oh, just him being able to give me like that kind of space, giving me the amount of time to be able to uh, receive all the money that I can for this program. 
is really supportive. And that just like kept me going early. A lot of the times I always had a lot of doubt. I always felt like I'm never going to like really get into this or anything like that. Because early certain people in my life would say like, oh, this is like a scam. Like you're, you're not going to be able to do this. Like you should do this instead of this. Like you're going to waste your time on this. Like what are you doing with this? And so sometimes I would let that get through my head. And then I would remember, I would remind myself that our brain is programmed to see worry. And then I would change that worry into something else. And although it took me more time than I expected, I'm really glad that I'm able to be here today. Nice. And um, yeah, you've made a ton of progress, but there's more progress to go. It's uh, it's just, it's so cool like that you have this sort of attitude. Like it took me, I feel like I only started to cultivate this in my late 20s where I would have that sort of distance from uh, being able to step back from my emotions or my mood in the moment and ask like, you know, is this worry, is this fear serving me? Is it helping me or hurting me? Is it getting me toward my goals, what I want or not? And I think just, yeah, so many of us, we identify so strongly with our mood and our frustrations or negative experiences that we don't have mental space to improve and grow. You know, it kind of crowds that out. What do you think about that? I think that um, we're just programmed at a young age to be able like, to see that you know, whether things in our parents or like a friendship or something like that. You're like programmed to see like, like our parents struggling to pay like bills or something like that and like having that worry, which is why we have some of that even in our lives today. We can doubt ourselves and can doubt like the universe and things like that. We can doubt like the higher power. But then when we shift our focus into thinking of like what we're grateful for, like how to like, stop choosing your emotions and start choosing the the real like your intuition and your logic, they that's when it actually starts coming into play with things that you want in a future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's is tough is that you know, today with social media and everything, you just see, we get exposed to so much media of people that have sort of made it, quote unquote, where they at least are portraying like they've made it. Mm-hmm. And so we're just, we're so, we think that when we, we want some sort of outcome, especially when it's like something personal development or, or personal growth related, that if it doesn't happen overnight, then it means that like we failed or mm-hmm. it didn't work or whatever. And it's just... Yeah, it's, it's really hard because you have to just be able to be in the world and aware of that stuff, but just not let it affect you because it's just not, um, there's a great saying. It's like, you know, if you see someone's like sitting under the shade of a tree, they're doing that because somebody else or themselves, they planted that tree years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we just want to like sit under the shade of the tree right away without having to like do the work of planting the tree, watering it, growing it, tending to it. Um, and so there's, that's like an inherent tension in any sort of like, uh, project like this of growth. But, um, I feel like another thing in particular, like you've definitely been able to like come out of your shell more and you've gotten better at communicating and being more confident. Um, do you feel like your personality has developed along those lines some over the last few months? I feel like it has over the last few months developed, especially 
in the academy, it's not just about like, how do you really start your art business? It's also about how do you um, create better communication and create um, better like self-confidence for yourself so that you can be able to create um, more positive energy for uh, yourselves and for beta collectors or for funding collectors. Right. Yeah. I remember in one of the Q&A calls when you gave me that affirmation, so it's like, I'm helpful, I'm um, smart, and I'm worthy of taking up anyone's time. That really helps me a lot because by, I noticed that I do communicate a lot uh, more to my beta collectors, and they are really appreciating that. And that's, that's something that I'm really appreciating as well. Yes. I remember that. Like, yeah, you were you had this attitude of like apologizing to take up their time. And, mm-hmm. and so it sounds like now you're not only more comfortable spending time with them, but you're reaching out to them more than you were otherwise and just being more active and present with your communication style. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's, that's awesome. It's, it's a really big transformation. Like of how much affirmations or like words can actually change your frequency, you know? And then you see that they actually respond positively to it, which then gives you positive, you know, a dopamine response. You feel happy about it, which then makes you want to do it more. And then you basically like took yourself off this negative feedback loop of like retreating away mm-hmm. into this positive feedback loop where you're like leaning into the relationships with your people more. And yeah, but it's like, it's, it's, it's easy to talk about and theorize, but it's like, Making that mindset shift, that initial shift, like getting off of one track and onto the other track, that's the hard part. But then once you have that momentum, you can keep going from there. So that's really cool that you were able to do that. Um, that's awesome. That's really awesome. So what else do you have planned for this, the rest of this summer in terms of your art? Well, in terms of my art, I am doing like other things in life, but I really... And other things in life too. You can talk about that. <laughs> Um, just like working and like getting all the money that I need, I guess, if I need something for my, my art, like later on down the road, like saving up for important or things like that. Um, what sort of things do you want to save up for? I do some, one of the things is like, actually, uh, I am getting more like into driving school, so. Um, that's do you have your license? Not yet. No, I am working on that. Yeah, um, that would be fun. I've already like done uh, a lesson, and we've been around all the busy streets already. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm good. How's your parallel parking? I haven't tried parallel parking yet. Which, but I know that I'm I'm not gonna like, crash the car. Because I've heard a story. Yeah. Um, one of my family members, he said that his niece crashed the car on purpose. That's awful. <laughs> to, oh, yeah. How I did that happen? What's going to be like that? You know? Why did she crash it on purpose? I think because she just had a negative frequency towards like learning how to drive. <laughs> I feel like it's just like She didn't know how to use her words. You know, like, I don't want to do this, you know? She could just say that instead of, yeah, wow, that's awful. I'm so, yeah, that's wild. Um, You know what the trick is with parallel parking? What? Who would say? So with, you know, you being an artist, you're 
visual, spatial oriented. The trick I've always found is you basically try to picture this. Your, your front mirrors of your car, <laughs> you want your front mirrors to line up with the seats, the, the front seats, the, the row of the front seats of the, of the car next to you that you're parking next to. Can you visualize that? So if you line up the mirrors with the front seats and then you turn the wheel all the way to the right and then you just start backing in, you get to a point where your, your car is about to hit their car and you just turn the wheel all the way to the other side and then you just slide right in. And it sounds maybe too good to be true, but like if you just can get the cars in the right place next to each other, it's it's... It's easier than you think. So see if you can try that next time. <laughs> it's a good um, observation. And I, I've seen it like within my mind too. So I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has never failed me. And it just makes it so much simpler because you just have fewer things to worry about if you just orient the car in the right place. And then you just kind of trust that it'll work out if you just turn the wheel all the way and then turn the wheel all the way the other way. Um, and then the, the funny thing with, with driving is like you get, you do it for so long, it becomes muscle memory. So all this stuff, it'll just, it'll become second nature eventually. But I remember it was like really exciting and thrilling to get the license at first and be able to have a bit of freedom that way. Yeah, that's, um, that's something that I'm trying to look for just more freedom, you know? Oh. Mm -hmm. But with the... With the observation, I definitely see it and I will take you to consideration. Yeah, no, for sure. So what else are you planning to do this summer? So other than with um, with work and with the uh, driving school, obviously, so the academy, another thing, um, I'm just kind of like building more of self-confidence, not just for myself, but for other people in general, because obviously when you... Uh, vibrate in a higher frequency and uh, you're able to give yourself that uh, that positivity or uh -huh. like you can attract other people cool. into your life but that is like a good positive uh, vibrations and that's sure. something that that I'm working on right now and I'm also like trying to work on for like more uh, beta collectors just to be um, more comfortable and confident so that they can be able to reciprocate back things like positive energies. Yeah, it's an interesting way you describe it. You know, um, I don't know if we've talked about, you and I have talked about this, but there's an interesting image I like of like some people are energy batteries where they kind of soak up energy from others around them. And other people are energy radiators and they emit energy out. But if they're a radiator, they could radiate positive energy or negative energy or stressful yeah. energy or anxious energy. And so, yeah, what I found, I mean, I don't, I don't think consciously of this, but I have seen again and again, if you can be kind of work to become more of an energy radiator and be able to radiate positive energy, then instead of you getting on a sucked into somebody else's negative energy mindset, you can kind of bring them out of it. And so you just have better interactions with everybody around you because you're just choosing to uh, 
kind of be more strong and resilient and have that positive um, outlook. And it's just funny how it really does. It, it, it Over all the interactions you have with people and moments in life, it just will really add up and have a, a very different kind of um, trajectory you're on if you can bring that to you know, relations with strangers and loved ones and friends. And so I love that you said that. That's a great, that's a great thing. Um, are you, what are you planning to do after high school? Are you thinking about college or are you thinking about art school or what's um, next? So for, for after high school, since early, I'm going to be finishing a little bit early. Uh, uh-huh. I do want to be able to obviously work on more of my craft. I want to first and build it like little by little is, you know, early. first go to like a little trades tech and then go to like a community college. And then if I want to go to like a university, then like, yeah, and build it. Cause I know there's a lot of people who like go straight into like a university and then there's like a lot of pressure with a lot of classes and things like that. And they end up dropping out and not finishing like their classes. So, right. Obviously, uh, I've learned like slow and steady. If you're going at the right pace that you want to be able to go, but at the same time, you're not lazy about it. You're not like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. If, if you're like really interested in it and you're right. making progress, they obviously you're going to see more better results than if you could do it like so fast and they only receive like a little bit amount of progress well i would say steady is key so slow and steady is better than like fast and erratic and like here and there but if you can get steady down and you can then start to move faster you can i definitely encourage you to do that uh just as long as it's not making you overly anxious or stressed you know but um if you've got time this summer, next year, it's a unique time where you can, you know, if you um, are just thoughtful, you can you can make a lot of progress in sort of your sales skills and your communication skills um, and then kind of see where you are at next year and what you want to do. Uh, I think the plan that you have sounds really good. Like today, there's so many skilled trades that we need in the country and they're like, so many people that are retiring and not going to them. So I think there's going to be a huge boon in skilled trades and there are ways you can use art skills um, in that. Like I've got a, my brother-in-law, he's gotten into woodworking and he does these amazing, beautiful pieces. It's not something, it's just for fun. It's just a hobby, but he did this side table that's in his bedroom and it's got, these different kind of colors of wood and they have this cool kind of like wedge where they fit together in this really pretty way. And I'm quite certain that he could, if he wanted to, he, he doesn't, he's, he's a professor of, and so he's very happy in his career, but like he could sell those for, you know, definitely thousands of dollars if he wanted to. And it's a very artistic, uh, skill, uh, trade. And there's like a ton of other, I think, I think the, the, my point is basically that the arts permeate so much stuff. So um, even if you get at, like on the other side of high school and you, if you decide to get a job job or pursue a more traditional career and continue to work on your art practice on the side and grow it slowly, like don't, don't tell yourself that you failed or you messed up. Like that's, 
totally fine. And it, you can definitely take, it might take, you know, time to build up the art, art practice as you go. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely does make sense. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Because sometimes there's like a lot of stuff we can learn from others or for, from working in a traditional environment, even just for a little bit of time. Like I was talking to another artist uh, who, uh, I don't know if you know Whitney from the Academy. Um, and she works in interior design right now. And I didn't say this to her then when we were talking, but I was like thinking about it after our interview. And it's like, whoever is running that little interior design firm that she works for, she could probably learn so much from them if she can go shadow them or soak up how they talk to clients, how they get new clients. There's just a ton of stuff that you can learn and apply um, to your own creative and entrepreneurial endeavors in the future. So um, what sort of like trade tech are you thinking about? Do you have something in mind? Right now, um, I haven't really thought of what kind of trade tech they were, that I want would like to go to because they know there's a lot of like, different opportunity opportunities out there. So um, yeah. I definitely have to like look more into it and or let my you got time intuition guide me, you know? Because yes. uh intuition, that gut feeling is the the one that gives you those good opportunities and takes yeah. you of those bad situations. Yeah. Well um is there anything else that you want to share or any, anything else that is on your mind? Um, is what I want to share. Um, I would like to talk a little bit more about the Academy of how, um, the child loves me, I guess, and like so how much support and care that I'm able to receive from it because, oh, um, in the past of my experiences, I've received some support, but you know how there might be like other people who who don't really care about you or don't really like what you're doing. You know, um, when I came into the academy, it was totally different. Or there was just an endless amount of support and an endless amount of like love and caring. And where do you feel like you've gotten it from? Like some of the other artists you've connected with? Yes. So some of the artists that I've connected with, um, I think, um, I think her name is Ginny and, um, Michael and other artists that, um, that have helped me during my time. Like when I'm like really stressed out about, uh, either a beta collector or I don't know well, what to say, or I made a mistake at this, they told me. Like, instead of doing this, like, you could rephrase it and then uh, do this instead. Like, take mm -hmm. other action steps so they can not be confused or not being kind of, like, turned off. Like, uh, no, I don't or, like, want to go forward with this, you know. Oh, yeah. Being in a community with uh, so many people who actually want to see you grow and change and actually want to help you and give you a lot of feedback is amazing. Because I know that... Uh, when you're by yourself, you can't really think straight. But then oh, when you're with other people, like good, like a good, uh, there's a saying where it's like two, two minds, like think better than one. Sure. With, there's like multitude 
There's more artists in the Three academy. lines, it's even better. <laughs> yes, we just, there's multiple smart artists in the academy. And I'm really grateful for that because not only is it helping me um, in my, in helping other like beta collectors or like funding collectors, uh, just to be able to have more clarity and things like that. But if there's like somebody new in the academy, it's also like helping me to be able to help them as well. Like if somebody in the academy is new and they don't know what they're doing and things like that, or I've noticed that I've become like more helpful as a human being or to the people in the academy and some of my beta collectors as well, just to be. Do you, do you feel like, you know, the support that you've appreciated, do you feel like you're able to in turn give that support and encouragement to Jenny and Michael and these other artists that you've connected with? I would say most definitely when, uh, or when they would have like a win or something that they would need to talk about, I would hear, like put in my advice or um, like congratulate them on their way or um, I haven't really heard from them in a while. I would ask like how they're doing, like how, how is their uh, commission is going or how is, right. you know, things going for them. I remember I asked Michael that and he was, he was, he said that he had a little bit of trouble, but then like he was able to get out of that funk and start working more on his commissions. So. I'm so glad you shared that, but I think it's, what's really important to know is like, not everyone in the academy has had such a positive experience with the community as you've shared. And so as I think about it, I'm trying to think for our listeners who are listening, like why is Haley had such a positive experience. And I think it just, I have to come back to, you've got such a positive attitude yourself you, that you came in with and you didn't come in with this entitlement attitude of like, people should come and help me and like, I should be served mm -hmm. by them. It's like, you kind of met these other artists as peers and you brought positive energy to their life. And so then they could like reciprocate in kind. But, um, so if you, if you are listening to this and you're in the academy right now and you're like, oh, that's not my experience look, try to look inward and see when you go and talk to other artists, are you being sort of a, a storm cloud? Are you being just totally negative all the time? Are you being a downer? Mm -hmm. Are you just complaining? Cause it's like, if you're bringing that negative energy, not everyone is superhuman and can kind of like sit with you in that and, and look past that and want to be in a long-term sort of supportive relationship with you. Mm -hmm. But if you can, if you can kind of work on that internally and then meet people in that way, you'll have a much like a wildly different kind of community experience. It's much more richer and positive and supportive. So um, any reactions to that? Um, well, the reaction that I got was in my head is, uh, was a Buddhist story. And it was, uh, it was a monk and he was like sitting down and meditating and there were people who had come to ask him like, uh, how would my experience be within like this this town? Because like they moved through different through a different uh, community, and uh, the Buddhists would ask uh, him, "Well, how was your experience uh, in your the last town that you were in?" They would say, "Like, oh, my experience is great. It was amazing. Like, I I was surrounded by so much loving and caring people." And she would say, "Well, that's how your experience is going to be uh, in this community, in this town." They then they showed another uh, person come to the Buddhist 
for the most a foolish they they said well how is my experience going to be in this town because i've i've moved and i'm here now and she yeah. asked like well how is your experience in in your other town and they would say like well my experience is horrible it was there's so many rude people there was so many uh like so much violence, so much killing. And she would say, well, that's how your experience is going to be with the sounds, you know? <laughs> it's just how you... And they're see- moving to the same town. Yeah. And living in the same town, it's just how you see things, like your perspectives. Yep. And it's uh, like, uh, not nearly as good of a story, but similar. It's like, if you run into three assholes in a day, you might be the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's it's really true, but it takes... Some humility and introspection to be like, oh, like, yeah, if I'm if I'm having all these negative interactions with people around me, like what it's it's not, you know, what part am I playing to create those conditions? And um, anyway, I just I, I just want to praise you because I can tell that you have such a, like that that attitude that you have has like helped you have such a positive experience and have that sort of su- supportive community. Um, and uh, you kind of like were a magnet to the other people that also have that attitude and energy. And now you guys all get together and can help each other, which is great. <laughs> yeah. You know, you like that. Um, thank you for so much. Like, thank you so much for saying like all those kind things, you know, because um, I really do see that in myself. Um, I know a lot of people, like when they try to receive a compliment, they think like, what me, you know, like either in life or like in their art business. Uh, I feel like a lot of people sometimes lack either confidence or things like yeah. that. And sometimes you just need to be able to give yourself that compliment or be able to give yourself that validation to be able to expand in a positive way for other people or even like for beta collectors or funding collectors in your right business. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome. Well, um, it's been great, Haley, chatting with you. Um, If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you online? Um, If they can... If they really want to learn a little bit more about me, I do have um, an Instagram account. And what's your handle? So my Instagram um, is named like Haley's uh, and dot creative image colors. Haley dot creative colors. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks, Haley. We'll talk soon. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity. Bye.